Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie. Welcome back to our weekly podcast. Hope everyone is doing fine. Last week, we had a very interesting, trending news topic story podcast. We talked about the devastation of Tropical Storm Sandy and how properly to think about preparing yourself for a disaster and your family, both physically and emotionally. We also talked about a tragedy involving a nanny who had moved to this country seemingly decompensated mentally and committed murder and is now in jail and how to really look at getting the right help for your family, how to really read people and know what is the right responsibility to give your child care, who to give it to, when to give it to, and what kind of close eye you need to take a look at while they're working for you. We also talked about a little girl who really interestingly takes on a different persona and different costumes of different famous people every day as she goes to school and what's really going on there and what is she doing it about why does she do it does it interrupt her life does it draw attention looking at those kinds of things and they were really very interesting stories so take a listen because there's always something subtle in these stories that we can learn and remember you can find all of my podcasts on my website at www.drsophie.com or on itunes this week we're talking about a very scary topic Female dating psyche. We're going to be talking about a woman's sexual desire and mating strategy. Is there really such a thing? And is there really such a person that's Mr. Right versus Mr. Right now? Does it really just meet needs? Does it really meet a bigger picture of needs? That's what we're going to be talking about. Good guys versus bad guys. What do women really want? I don't know. I hope they know. Gender imbalances. Why and can it make it hard to find a partner. And then we're going to talk about four points that I want you to take away from this podcast, but call me 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966. So joining me today on my female dating psyche podcast, which is really scary, that's why I'm not doing it alone, is a really well-versed and trained and educated expert, Vanita Mehta. She's a PhD, a clinical psychologist and journalist, has a ton of great schools behind her, lots of great degrees. She has a bachelor's from Brandeis University, her master's at Harvard. She holds two other masters and a doctorate from Columbia in clinical psychology and has trained both as a scholar and a practitioner. She wrote a dissertation, which is very interesting, on how people make sense of their identities after losing a spouse in midlife provide psychotherapy for individuals and families and coping in a wide range of psychological conditions. Dr. Mehta, are you with us? Thank you for having me. How are you? Thank you for giving us your time and your expertise. So should I be scared? Shouldn't be scared, but maybe concerned. Okay. What am I concerned about? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a very interesting area of research that's uh, it's uncovering some very interesting findings about um, female sexual desire and female mating strategies and male mating strategies as well. And what we're finding is in the, in the research is that women are basically doing battle with um, two fundamental sexual desires, and one would be short-term mating strategies and the other is long-term mating strategies. And they seem to change and shift in accordance with her ovulatory cycle. Really? That's actually pretty scary, isn't it? That is. <laughs> but it's predictable, maybe. It is. I mean, there's an evolutionary logic to it, for sure. And that is um, that when women, women have a lot more on the line when it comes to mating than men do, because women actually 
you know, gestate, you know, reproduce, have the child, and they're the primary caretaker in the early years. Right. And so a woman has to think about, well, do I want to be with somebody long-term, which, you know, if you want, you know, looking at this from an evolutionary perspective, it really makes much more sense to, to mate with somebody who's going to stick around and protect and provide and, you know, um, help take care of the child. But what we're finding is, is that on those peak days of fertility, right. near ovulation, that with the surge of hormones, women have a great desire to go after, I guess you would call him the alpha male, the, those very, very sexy, socially dominant guys. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so for some women, uh, there's sort of a, a battle back and forth between, well, do I want the short-term Mr. Right now, or do I want the long-term Mr. Right? Right, and, and some women want to combine that. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I actually came across a study the other day. I, I didn't look at the paper myself, but I read it was in the mainstream press that women will even become, women who are partnered in long-term committed relationships might get a bit irritable or critical of their long-term partners because they, near ovulation, they desire those sexier, short-term guys. And so is love and our feelings a piece of this, or is it really hormonally driven? Well, it looks like it's kind of a, a tangled mess, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> I mean, it does seem that it is hormonally driven, um, that it's, you know, that the, really the end game here, the end goal for evolution is to, is to reproduce, to survive and reproduce. And, you know, evolution is sort of brutal in achieving its aim. So while, you know, love is a, is a part of it, of course, you know, really, um, you know, the, our mating psychology is in a larger service of reproducing and surviving. Okay. That, I'm, just, I'm just saying what the research says. I hear you, but I have so. two questions then. <laughs> Would you say women then tend to reproduce with someone, and that's more the longer-term view or the shorter-term? Well, the end, the end goal is to reproduce, and actually in environments that where women are experiencing a lot of stress or that are unstable, and we can look at this in terms of our ancestor, ancestral past, right. is that you know, if we look at environments that are very stressful, say in um, you know, however many thousands of years ago there was a, a famine or an infectious disease that was spreading, women would go after these very you know, sexy men. I mean, the, the idea is, is that behind... Uh, very sexy men is that they have good genes. That they, you know, that they they do a good genetic fitness. I'm just saying. Okay, I'm, they probably I'm do. Just, I'm just reporting the research. Okay. <laughs> and um, so that in unstable environments, the idea is to go with a short-term mating strategy because you know the idea is you want to mate and reproduce before your life is really threatened. Right. And so, and then you know, in more stable environments a long-term mating strategy usually will prevail. Right, and that's more feeling-based, I would assume. Yes, yes. Okay. And where there's more of a pair bond, where there's really the two people are bonding and, so, and raising a family. And how many times do you think, in your experience, the both are woven in together? So a woman picks a man to mate with because he's alpha-like, mm-hmm. but she still has feelings that linger past the short-term mating piece. It would actually have made sense in the, in, you know, again, in the ancestral environment. I'm being a little technical here, but uh, it would have made sense for a woman to have a long-term partner, but perhaps 
have some short-term unions on the side. Oh, That's so scary. it's okay for women That's to have those little tristies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, are you just so building an excuse? From an evolutionary perspective, it would have made sense. It's sure. Just, does it translate in, in the modern world is the, is the larger question. Right, because it doesn't look appropriate and women don't do those things. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, and the idea is that we're trying, you know, it looks like, are we adapting, you know, to more towards monogamy? We just may not be there quite yet. Right, and I guess the bigger question is, is monogamy really something that's fair to expect of these animals? Yeah, I mean, there, it's interesting. There's There's been a slew of articles about whether or not we're really built for, for monogamy. Are we really designed that way? It's an interesting question. Yeah. So men, then, yeah. they play, so women should be able to play. That would be the argument. I mean, but then again, if you look at the research, and women are reporting that they would really prefer to have one-on-one monogamous relationships. But, you know, there's also, an, it, I mean, there's a bit of a debate here about how promiscuous women were, you know, back in sort of prehistoric times, and how, how far have we really evolved from that? And what is it saying, that they were promiscuous back then or not? That seems to be the case. Yeah, I mean, ah. there's a very strong argument that, that that's the case. I mean, you look Got at this it. booklet, like uh, Sex at Dawn, it's really, it's almost a screed against monogamy. Yeah, that's true. Well, tell me something. Do you think that women, how do women who are attracted to different men at different points in their span of whether it's their ovulation cycle or just their life how do they not act on it then i think that i think that you know well it's hard i mean i think that the desire is there and that you know you really just it's just like anything else that you want and that you know it's just not good for you and that you just you will it you know you may have the desire but you just don't act on it yeah you just don't act on it and i think actually having this kind of information because it is sort of a you know, an area of research that's beginning to break through into the public consciousness, that perhaps being aware of this, you know, that this is sort of evolutionarily built into our, you right, know, right, design right. might be helpful. I think it's very helpful. That's okay, a good it's point. natural, but we just don't act on it. Yeah, I think it's very helpful to pe- for people to know that what they're feeling isn't out of the box, but it doesn't mean you act on it. Exactly. How about we take a voicemail? Hi, my name is Amanda, and I am calling because I am single, and I'm one of those annoying women who has a long list of qualities that I would like to find in my um, new Mr. Perfect. Um, And I do say Mr. Perfect, not Mr. Right. Um, All of my friends are telling me that um, I need to lower my standards, that I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life if I don't lower my standards. My question is, do I have to lower my standards, and why? Why do I have to settle for less? I did that the first time, and obviously it didn't go so well. So that is my question, Dr. Sophie. Are the masses right, and you do have to settle, or can I get everything that I'm looking for in my future partner? Thank you so much. That's an interesting question, and I bet many people have that question. What do you think? I think that when a person in, enters into a relationship, you're, no one ever gets everything that they want. Right. Nobody's you know, it's perfect. Really just, it just needs to feel like enough. That's all. But the, then the question becomes, you know, actually I was reading a paper this morning that said that uh, people who really hold to these very, very high standards are right. the ones that tend to remain single. So of it's definitely something to think about, to be made perhaps a little bit more relaxed in one's approach or more open. Yeah, I mean, nobody's perfect. We all know that. Exactly. But the bottom line is, I wonder how much of when somebody's expecting perfection, they have a lot of their own issues they're not dealing with. 
I would agree with that. I mean, we can say that, you know, what we, what we seek in others is something that we wish that we had ourselves. And so, you know, that, that maybe we should do some work on ourselves before expecting something of, right. you know, a partner. Absolutely. Let's take another voicemail. Hi, Dr. Sophie. My name is Adam. Uh, I am calling because uh, I am on a pretty long dry spell when it comes to dating. Uh, and it's not that I don't want to date. Um, I definitely would like a girlfriend, but it's been several years now, and I'm in my late 20s, and uh, I just really have no idea what's going on. I don't think I understand women at all. On paper, I think I make a good match for a lot of girls, but the point is this. It seems like the few girls I like aren't that responsive, and then there are many girls that seem to be into me, but I'm not into them. And I'm wondering how I can find that perfect match. I've tried the online dating that's failed miserably. I've tried being set up through friends that has been absolutely atrocious. I have tried the bar and club scene, and that's absolutely abysmal. So I'm at a loss. I don't understand at all what's going through their head. They give all these mixed signals. So any advice you could have would be more than appreciated. It might actually steer my life in the right direction. So... Thank you. Interesting. You go first. Oh, boy. That's yeah. tough. <laughs> no, I'm t- let me tell you, it's pretty easy, but you go first. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I think that actually one of the things that is so um, interesting about this is that, you know, this is where I think a lot of issues around gender imbalances in a population can come up. Yep. Because if you're, in, if you're living in a city where your gender is in, you know, is the surplus gender, you know, if you're a man and you, and you live in an area where there are a lot of men in the population and you're all competing for women, right. it's going to be that much harder. It kind of comes down to simple math. Right. If you're in an area where your gender, you know, you're a guy and, you're, you're, and guys are in short supply, then it becomes much easier. So it's kind of, that's one, one thing, um, I think, to consider. You know, there's, I hear all the time, you know, women will say, especially in New York and D.C. and Philadelphia, where there's a surplus of women, why can't I find any men? Why can't I meet any men? It's just hard to meet somebody. So hard because, you know, women are, there are just so many more women in those cities than there are men. Yes, I totally agree. But did you hear most of what this guy was saying is, I don't know what's in their head. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know why they don't like me. I did. I think the the biggest issue is what he's thinking you know, bring them to me and they should meet my standards. That's, again, what we were talking about in a little earlier when we said, look at your list, because it, nobody's going to be perfect, but you also have to look at that list in conjunction with what is you and needs to be addressed before you do that list to begin with. Well, I would guess I guess I would pose the question to you then is, do you think that people should be more relaxed in terms of their standards and more open to finding people who may not, you know, we're looking for 100% but we'll do okay with, say, 70 or 80. Yes, I think they should, and I think they'd be more comfortable with 70 or 80 if they were more comfortable with themselves and didn't project on, onto others what they would like to have done or met when they could certainly be looking and meeting their own things. I, I don't think, think people a, yeah, look at I think themselves. that's a fair argument, I mean, you know, but I would also say that, there's, you know, that there is sort of this evolutionary drive that a lot of women, and I'm not saying all, but the, a lot of women, especially those who have experienced a great amount of stress, I think that for those women, 
that their standards are higher because they're looking for, you know, Mr. Good Genes. Yeah, and I think that if people would go through a certain exercise of things before they start looking, like what is their relationship like with their mother or their father or both, because a lot of their unmet needs or unresolved issues with their parent, whether it's the same sex or opposite, get projected into their thinking of who is going to be a better fit for them. And then as things unravel and life happens, it's not working, and that's what we end up getting back to. Well, you picked because of this, and you shouldn't have picked with that criteria. I agree with you. I would take it a level deeper that there's sort of this evolutionary default position that, you know, when you are somebody who, have, who has experienced unmet needs or, you know, you had parents who were misattuned, that the desire for those good genes go up. Right. So that you, so you can see them, you know, these two dynamics, you know, sort of like, this sort of larger evolutionary kind of uh, design at play together with a, an individual's life history working yep. in concert. Absolutely. Bottom line, know thyself. Yes. Because you don't know what you're looking for. And what you end up finding is definitely not what you most times need. Yeah, I think sometimes it can be really hard to feel sexually attracted to people who are good for you. Absolutely. And even more if you don't really have yourself... Figured out. Exactly, and connected. But why do you think that is, that there's such a turnoff? Because they're mirroring you things that are uncomfortable in you? I think that sometimes people, you know, for some people, it's very hard for them to feel sexually attracted to people who are consistent. Like they need, you know, that there's this, who are consistent, who won't abandon them. And, you know, that there is a bit of... um desire for all of that inconsistent drama and the yeah. chase and so forth. And, and they that, can't. You know, it is more exciting. And yeah. some people just really thrive on that excitement. They love that sabotage. Yes. All right. Let's take a, uh, do we have a caller? Becky? Yes. Hey, you're with Dr. Sophie and Dr. Meta. How are you? Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. What's your question? Um, you know, I'm looking to get into a relationship, but, you know, I'm looking for that whole... What am I trying to say? I'm looking for the relationship right away. I really don't want to take it slow, and I think that's my problem. I'm trying to figure out what I should look for in a relationship to try and not sabotage myself. So are you saying you want to get in a relationship with somebody and have it become serious right away, or you just want something quickly? I think me and my personality is, you know, becoming something serious right away. But I want to go into a relationship where I can try and, like, step back from that. I just don't know how. All right. What do you think? I think, it, well, the research shows that the slower you go at the beginning, right. the more satisfying the relationship is over time. So it really is important to learn how to, you know, kind of keep things on a, on a balanced track going, okay. you know, going into a relationship and really getting to know somebody before getting, you know, serious with them and to know what it, what it is that you're getting into. It can be really, really hard when emotions, you know, will sweep you away. I, you know, I think that it's just it's another one of those cases of just being really aware that you are getting swept away and willing it and saying, you know, not so fast. Right. Okay, let's not get together, you know, every right. night. Let's get together however many nights in a week. Yeah, isn't that that, okay. that thing with the Keeping cow and the milk and all that? You don't give the milk or the cow got bought or something? Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, and then what about what should a woman really think about so she doesn't scare a man off? Oh, boy. I mean, I think that it is probably, I think that there is that, that old adage of, like, the more serious you get at the beginning, the more scary it is for a man. Right. I think that, that probably does hold true. Yeah, and I think, Becky, you got to be okay. careful of that. You don't want to put on the gas too quickly because they'll just take off in the other direction. Right. Okay. 
So go slow and really control yourself because if you're really that hungry for it early on, that's probably a red flag to take a look at that there's something in you that needs to be Mm -hmm. met by you. All right. Thank you so much. Go slow. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. So, Dr. Mehta, what do we need to know about you? Where do we find you and where can we get some of your great writings? Well, I have a blog called Head Games on psychologytoday.com, and I'm working on a book actually about mating, dating, and relationships from an evolutionary perspective. Very so nice. there will be much more of this type of material down the line, but I'll be blogging about it in the meanwhile. Wonderful. Do you have a website or Twittering or I Facebooking? am. I'm at Venita Meta 2 That's my handle on Twitter. Okay. And you can find that on my, uh, on my blog, Head Games, on Psychology Today. Got it. And that's where, that's where I live. That's where I am, on thank the web. You. Thank you. Thank you for your expertise and your good insights. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Okay, you too. Bye. Take care. Thanks. You too. Well, that was Dr. Benita Mehta talking with me, some of our callers, voicemails, answering questions of gender imbalance. Do women really have a Mr. Right or a Mr. Right Now? What is that whole process like? And I think our bigger message here today is, ladies, I want you to feel empowered and free because there is these sides to you. They're there. There's proof from way back. Acknowledge them, own them, embrace them. You're as human as everybody else. Feel yourself, go for it, and enjoy your life. But know that those things are there. Nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be embarrassed about. You're a human being like the rest of us, and there's proof to prove it. So enjoy yourself. The four things I really want you to take away from here today, and this podcast is number one, that you really have to understand women do have a short-term and a long-term piece to their mating and their dating. And it's a lot revolving around their ovulation cycle. So sometimes women are going to be much more, let's say, hungrier for a interaction with somebody because of a physical attraction versus an emotional one. But the key is to try to intertwine that with one person. So women, be aware that there's these two pieces. They're supposed to be there. It's okay, but try to get it into one. I think the other important thing is to know that you're going to have desires, no matter who you're with for however long you're with, and you're supposed to have them. And evolution shows us that they're supposed to be there, but we have to make the conscious choice of whether we act on them or not and control ourselves. And it's also very important to know yourself, because if you're looking for a mate based on a list of items, that list may be based on needs unmet within you. So you got to know yourself before you start looking for somebody else. And I think the most important thing also is to go slow. Because at the beginning of a relationship, for a woman with a man, those boys get scared very easy and very soon. So go slow. Because if you're looking for something to happen really quickly and move very quickly, then I think that's a red flag about something inside of you that probably you can meet better than that relationship. So take a look at those four things. I think they're really very important things because knowledge is the power to help us keep our lives on track. Remember, you can always find my podcast on my website at www.drsophie.com and on iTunes, again, www.drsophie.com. My new phone app, Exciting, is coming out soon. I will keep you posted. Check me on my voicemail. Call me anytime, 1-855-767-4966. 1-855-767-4966. My book is available. It's called Side by Side. 
the Revolutionary Mother-Daughter Program for Conflict-Free Communication. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. I'm around. And always visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. Great song. But most importantly, don't forget to sweep. But you gotta keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hey, you gotta keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down.